be seated. Good morning. Welcome to everyone. What a wonderful way to begin our service today by singing such a wonderful song of peace. And that is much about what Christmas is about, peace on earth and goodwill to all mankind. And we hope that this will be a, a peaceful Christmas season for you in Advent as we prepare our lives uh, for the coming of Christ. We welcome everyone here today on our second Sunday of Advent, a Sunday of peace, and hope that God will bless you in a very special way. We welcome our guests especially today and hope that you'll feel very much a part of our family this morning. Let me remind you, uh, everyone, of our attendance sheets. We have an attendance sheets on each row. We'd like to ask if you would to take that and to fill it out and give us a record of your attendance with us today. And especially if you would like to receive our email newsletter each Thursday, be sure to give us your email uh, address and we'll put you on the list for that. And a couple of things that we have um, coming up during this week. On Wednesday, we are having our regular Wednesday meal at 545. That begins at 545. And um, uh, St. Paul's Episcopal Church is joining us during the Advent season as we share a meal together and as we share a time of study together. As a matter of fact, we're studying some of the same passages of Scripture that we're uh, talking about on Sunday mornings as well. Uh, so please join us this, uh, this Wednesday uh, at 545 for a meal together, and then uh, immediately after that we'll have a time of studying together. And uh, uh, Bob Strange from uh, St. Paul's will be leading us in a Bible study uh, this week, and then I'll be doing next week, and he'll do the week after that. Also, uh, tomorrow night the Women's Mission Group will be meeting uh, at 6 o'clock, and this is their annual uh, dinner and, and uh, auction time, and they will be meeting at the home of Julie Dodson at 6 o'clock. And so uh, if you'd like to be a part of that, we encourage you to be a part of that and, uh, uh, and, and share that time together. You know, Advent is a, is a wonderful time to share with, um, with one another, to share with friends, to share with family. So let me encourage everyone, uh, as we prepare our hearts for the coming of Christ, to do the same to help others prepare their hearts for the coming of Christ, to invite them to come with you to, to share this time of worship together during this Advent season. It's a wonderful time that we can share with each other. So let's spread the cheer around and invite others to be here as well. We're glad that you're here today, and I'd like to encourage you now to stand and uh, shake the hands of the people around you, and let's share the, the Christmas joy and Christmas peace with one another. And also invite... We'd like to invite the children to come down front for our children's sermon at this time. Come on down, children. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
Come on down, children. Tim, we need the children's mic on. problem. There we go. Is it on? Yeah, it's on now. Okay. Well, I'm glad you're here today, boys and girls. And I want to say, may the peace of God be with you today. That's what Pastor Tim is going to preach to us about this morning, about peace. When I think of peace, I think of words like quiet, calm, tranquility, and you know, I even think of snow falling. Did you see that snow falling a little bit this morning? Wasn't that pretty? I'm going to ask you a personal question now, but you don't have to answer it. Has, have your parents or maybe your teachers ever said, I need some peace and quiet around here? Does that sound peaceful? <laughs> I think I've been guilty of saying that myself. Mr. Jerry and I keep this plaque outside our front door. Right where we live now, it can't hang. There's a hanger, and sometimes we hang it on places we live. But it says, peace to all who enter here. And we put that on our, by our door because we hope that when people come in our house, they'll feel a sense of peace and calm and be comfortable. But when we think about the word peace, peace is not really a place or a feeling. Peace is an activity. It's something you do. And the Hebrew word, and Hebrew was one of the languages spoken in Bible days, the Hebrew word for peace is shalom, and that's a nice word to say to people because it means having everything you need to be completely yourself. Isn't that a wonderful word? Shalom. Peace is a good word to use and say to people you care about and people you love. And Jesus, whose birthday we celebrate this month, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And in John 14, 27, Jesus said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. And I think that to Jesus, 
peace meant the presence of his love. In your family, peace might mean not fighting or arguing or whining or fussing with your brother or your sister. What about it? When our three youngest granddaughters argue and need to apologize or make peace, their parents insist that the one who has done wrong apologizes to the other and clearly says, for example, I'm sorry that I yelled at you, Madison. Their names are Madison and Mary and Camora. And uh, Mary will say, I'm sorry I yelled at you, Madison, instead of just saying, sorry. You know, sometimes when your parents say, say, I'm sorry, you say, sorry. Well, that's not allowed. They have to be specific. And then Madison has to say back to Mary, I forgive you, Madison. And that makes it a bit more binding. This way, peace comes and we can live peacefully with others. Apologizing is hard to do sometimes, even for adults, for moms and dads. Would you help me this week by practicing peace at home and at school? To have peace, we must find ways to work for peace. And I want to tell you that Mr. Jerry and I, my husband and Mr. Jerry, we play a card game almost every day, and we both love to win. <laughs> but at the end of the game, and our grandchildren taught us to do this, we shake hands and we say, good game, <laughs> rather than going off and sulking because we lost. So that's a good way to feel peaceful as well. And our grandchildren taught us that. And at first, when they started doing it, they weren't very vocal about it. They'd say, good game. But now they, they really shake hands and mean it because games are fun and someone has to win and someone has to lose. Mr. Nibby, who's down here with us as a kid, has two huge peace signs decorating his house on Water Street. And some of you here today might, uh, might remember having a peace sign on your old Volkswagen bus <laughs> back in the 60s or something. But peace, the peace sign is very meaningful, and it reminds us of Jesus, the Prince of Peace. I brought some ornaments here from our Christmas tree that are meaningful. This one says, the prayer of Christmas is peace, and someone made that for us. And this one just says peace. I'm sure all of you have ornaments for your Christmas tree. Here's a little book that, that I like, and it has doves on it, which is a symbol of peace. And this hangs on our guest room door, and it says peace, because we... We hope that people who go in the guest room will feel at peace. And today, I made some peace cookies for you to have in children's church. And here are peace napkins to wipe the crumbs off if there are any left. And I also made an ornament for your Christmas tree. 
and it says peace on it. So I think with just four children, you can take several of them. But there's, there's also a little song that I would like to share with you that we sang when I was your age. We sang it in church, a little chorus, and it said, it's sort of a tongue twister. It says, I have the peace that passeth understanding down in my heart. So if you, if you adults know it, sing it with me. I have the peace that passeth understanding down in my heart, down in my heart. Down in my heart, I have the peace that passeth understanding. Down in my heart, down in my heart to stay. So go in the peace of Christ and listen this week for the word peace because we should be hearing that word many times during the holiday season. God bless you. Good morning. Our scripture reading today is a little different than what's listed in the worship folder. It says uh, Isaiah 1, 1 through 10, and it's actually Isaiah 11, 1 through 10, but you can follow with me on the screen above. A shoot shall come out of the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist and faithfulness the belt around his loins. The wolf shall live with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf and the lion and the fatling together, and the little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be full of knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. On that day, the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal to the peoples. The nations shall inquire of him, and his dwelling shall be glorious. That's the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we try to come to you with peaceful hearts today. But sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's hard with everything we have going on around us and in our families, people being sick, the community and the world telling us one thing and your word telling us another. Grant us that hope peace and joy that comes with this season of preparation 
for your Christ child. May we truly feel that spirit of Christmas this year and be able to share that spirit with others. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful and thankful for this community of faith, for this church family, for each person here today. You know their needs, their heart, and their desires. May we be filled with your desires for this time of year and share that love with others. Thank you, dear Lord, for this family. Thank you for your word, and thank you for the opportunity to worship you here as a community of faith. We pray all these things in the Christ child's name. Amen. God, peace on earth, goodwill toward everybody? Can we actually do that? 
Give us courage. Oh, God, give us vision. May the gifts and the offerings that we provide now direct us in that peaceful path of yours. Amen. In that region, there were shepherds living in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for see, I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. Today we remember the shepherds, workers for the common good, Steadfast watchmen, isolated and alone, far from the warmth of home, doing the job no one wants. And yet God saw them, God valued them, and God declared the greatest news of all to them alone. Today we give thanks for the shepherds among us, back-breaking laborers on whom our economy stands, those we overlook or rarely see, yet rely on us for daily survival, the ones who have much to teach us about watching for God in the darkness.
On the second Sunday in Advent, we light the second candle as a symbol of the shepherds, agents of the gospel, and redeemers of the world. Many of you will probably remember the old comedy team from the early part of the 20th century named Laurel and Hardy. Uh, They produced some wonderful slapstick comedy, but they also showed a deep understanding of human nature. One of the early Laurel and Hardy films was a silent film in 1925 called Big Business. In it, Stan and Ollie are going door to door in a Model T truck trying to sell Christmas trees. Well, the story begins innocently enough with a, a touch of Christmas spirit and good cheer, but before, before long, things began to deteriorate considerably, as happens in most of Laurel and Hardy's movies. Uh, Stan and Ollie come to the door of one particular homeowner who is in no mood to put up with door-to-door salesmen, and he makes it very clear that he's not interested in buying a tree. However, when he shuts the door after declining Stan and Ollie's offer, a tree branch gets caught in the door. And so Ollie rings the bell for the irritated homeowner to open the door again and release the tree branch. But then, as Stan is explaining the reason for this second intrusion. The man slams the door again and catches Stan's coat in the door. So once again, the doorbell is rung, and as Stan is apologizing, the the incensed homeowner slams the door again, and once again, he catches the tree in the door. So when the irate homeowner, this happens several times, but when the irate homeowner comes to the door for the fifth time, He brings along some clippers, which he uses to cut up the tree and toss it into the front yard. Well, Stan concludes, I don't think he wants a tree. But by this time, Ollie is furious. So he pulls the man's doorbell off of the wall. And then the homeowner picks up the telephone to call the police, but Ollie cuts the wire to the telephone. Well, the film records a gradually escalating conflict in which the the homeowner destroys Stan and Ollie's truck along with all of the trees piece by piece while Stan and Ollie destroy his house and his shrubbery piece by piece and the bottom line is that an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth win the day and what had started out with a Merry Christmas ended up with two piles of rubble and three irate people. Well, you know, that happens sometimes, doesn't it? It happens between individuals, and it also happens between nations. But today's words from the prophet of Isaiah, they are some of the most beautiful words ever written about humanity's longing for peace. Listen to these words from Isaiah. 
He says, a shoot will come out from the stump of Jesse. Jesse was, was David's father. And so, in other words, what he was saying is that, that someone would come from the lineage of David here. A shoot will come out from the stump of Jesse, and the Spirit of the Lord will rest upon him. The Spirit of wisdom and understanding. The Spirit of counsel and strength. The Spirit of knowledge and the Lord and the fear of the Lord. With righteousness, he will judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. Then he says, the wolf will live with the lamb and the leopard will lie down with the goat, the calf and the lion and the yearling together and a little child shall lead them. The infant will play near the hole of a cobra and the the young child shall put his hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy On all of my holy mountains, says the Lord, for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In other words, Isaiah says when the Messiah comes in all of his fullness, all people everywhere, everywhere will live in peace and in dignity and in love together. This is where the world is headed. The birth of Jesus was the beginning of a grand and glorious invasion of God's love. The seed of God's kingdom of peace was planted with the birth of a very special child. And the love of that tiny baby born in a manger will some, someday overcome all of the anger and all of the hostility and all of the hatred that reside in human hearts. And we shall all know that we are brothers and sisters in Christ. That, in a nutshell, is Isaiah's message to us today. Even though young men and women are still giving their lives in faraway places like Iraq and Afghanistan, there will come a time when war will be no more. And so let us begin right here. War is a terrible thing. Some of you know that because some of you have been there. General Sherman, way back in the Civil War, was right when he said that war is hell. Or as someone else once said, war never decides who is right or who is wrong, only who's left. And there's some truth to that because... The good guys are not always on the winning side. A number of years ago, there was a a movie titled War Games. I'm sure that some of you probably saw that movie. Uh, It was an interesting movie in which some teenagers accidentally hacked into a government computer and set off a simulated thermonuclear war that moves within inches of becoming a real nuclear war. But in the end, one of the teenagers and the scientist who invented this this, uh, simulated war game tried to beat the computer at its own game and end the threat of nuclear war. And in a last desperate move, they asked the computer how to win the war. And the answer that the computer gave was this. It is a strange game. The only way to win is not to play. How about A nice game of chess, it asks. (laughs) 
A strange game. The only way to win is not to play. An elderly man saw some six- and seven-year-old children at play, and, and he asked, what are you playing? And the kids responded, war. So the man replied, why don't you play peace instead? And so the children stopped, and they put their heads together, and they discussed something among themselves, and, and then they, they looked puzzled and finally ran out of words. And so one of them ran up to the elderly man and asked, Grandpa, how do we play peace? We don't know how to play that game. And I fear that that is all too true. For you see, we have been at war for so long and and, and so often that we have forgotten how to play peace. But Isaiah tells us that when the Messiah comes in all of his fullness, there will be no more war. And that has always been the hope and the prayer of Christians all across the world. The testimony of the Bible is that there will come a time, and we hope for this time, when all of God's children will come to realize that in Christ we are all brothers and sisters. And at that time, when that time finally arrives, artificial boundaries will cease to exist. Personal and international self-interest will be set aside and we will all be citizens of one kingdom and that kingdom will be the kingdom of God. I know that there are a variety of opinions about the propriety of war. Some Christians are pacifists and refuse to take up arms against another human being. Others have determined that there are times when war is justified in order to keep evil from forcing its will on the weak and innocent. But I think there's one thing that that all Christians can agree on. And that is that war should be the very last resort. War should always be the last option available. And if we truly follow the teachings of Jesus Christ then we should always look for ways to be peacemakers rather than warmongers. And furthermore, and most importantly, we should always look for that day to come when the Messiah will come for the final time, that day when the wolf will live with the lamb, That day when the leopard will lie down with the goat and the calf and the lion and the yearling together and a little child shall lead them. What a beautiful scene that is. As Isaiah tells us that one day all of that's going to come true. And I don't know about you, but I look forward to that day to come. Rector Judith Davis tells about her Christmas at at her home. Her young son, Jamie, a toddler, had a a baby doll, and Jamie mostly ignored the doll. Uh, The doll was a girl dressed in pink and lying in a pink bassinet, and he didn't show very much interest in this doll at all. But they had been reading to Jamie the story of Christmas from from, from a picture book. And the book showed the baby Jesus lying in a manger with all of the familiar farm animals in the scene, the ox, the donkey, the cow, and the sheep, and 
And Jamie was at an age when he probably didn't have a clue as to who Jesus was, but he knew the story on some level. And then one day, a few days after he had been reading the, uh, he, they had been reading the story and showing him the pictures, they found Jamie standing over the baby doll with all of his little people farm animals and his Noah Ark animals all lined up around the bassinet. And the most wonderful part of that, says Judith, is that all of God's animals were there. Not just the donkey and the sheep and the cow and the ox, but also the giraffes and the zebras and the horses and the pigs and the lions and the tigers and the alligators and the elephants and the hippos and others. He was so proud of his scene, his recreation of the Christmas story in his book. And then the next night, his mom went in to tell Jamie goodnight, and he had arranged his animals once again. Only this time, not only did he have the turtles and the alligators and the horse and the cow, but there was Pooh Bear and Eeyore and Barney. And Judith says, out of the mouths and actions of babes, we usually find the best theology. And the theology today is that Isaiah prophesied that a peaceable kingdom will one day come when all of the animals on the earth and all of the people of the earth will live in peace together. What a beautiful picture of Christmas that is. War is a terrible thing, but we, we hold on to that, that hope that when the Messiah comes, there will be no more. There will be no need for war. But what does that mean for us today? What should we be doing right here and right now as we wait for that day to come? Well, here it is. Until the day comes when Christ reigns over all the earth, let us do everything within our power to bring peace to our little corner of the world. There is a, an author that I'm sure you are all familiar with. This author is probably the most prolific author of all time. This author's name is Anonymous. And Anonymous wrote something that I believe is important. He called it a letter from Jesus about Christmas. And here's how it goes. It has come to my attention, Jesus begins, that many of you are upset because some folks are taking my name out of the season. How I personally feel about this celebration can probably be most easily understood by those of you who have been blessed with children of your own. He says, I don't care what you call the day. If you want to celebrate my birth, then just get along and love one another. Now, having said that, let me go on. If it bothers you that the town in which you live does not allow a scene depicting my birth, then just get rid of a couple of Santas and snowmen and put a small nativity scene in your own front yard. If all of my followers did that, then there would be no need for any such scene in the town square because there would be so many of them all over town. And stop worrying about the fact that, that people are calling the tree a holiday tree instead of a Christmas tree. I was the one who made all trees. So you can remember me any time you see a tree 
Decorate a grapevine if you wish. In fact, I actually spoke about that one time when I explained who I am in relation to you and what each of our tasks are to be. And if you want to give me a present in remembrance of my birth, here's my wish list. Choose something from it. Number one, instead of writing protest letters objecting to the way my birthday is being celebrated, write letters of love and hope to soldiers away from home. They are horribly afraid and, and alone at this time of the year. I know they tell me all the time. Number two, visit someone in a nursing home. You don't have to know them personally. You just, they just need to know that someone cares about them. Number three, instead of writing to the president complaining about the wording on the cards that their staff send out, why don't you write and tell him that you'll be praying for him and his family that during this coming year? And then follow up. It'll be nice to hear from you. <laughs> Number four, instead of giving your children a lot of gifts you can't afford and don't need, spend time with them. Tell them the story of my birth and, and why I came to live with you down here. Hold them in your arms and remind them that I love them. Number five, pick someone who has hurt you in the past and forgive them. Number six, did, did you know that someone in your town will attempt to take their own life during this season because they feel so alone and so desperate? Since you don't know who that person is, Try to give every person you meet a warm smile. It can make all the difference in the world. Number seven, instead of nitpicking about what the retailer in your town calls the holiday, be patient with the people that work there. Give them a warm smile and a kind word. And remember, even if they aren't allowed to, to wish you a Merry Christmas, it doesn't keep you from wishing them one. Then stop shopping there on Sunday. <laughs> if the store didn't make so much money on that day, they'd close and let their employees spend some time with their families. Number eight, if you really want to make a difference, support a missionary, especially one who takes my love and good news to those who have never heard my, my name. Number nine, there are individuals and whole families in your town who not only not have a, do not have a Christmas tree, but neither will they have any presents to give or to receive. If you don't know them, buy some food and some gifts and give them to the Salvation Army or some other Christian charity and they can deliver them for you. And then finally, if you want to make a statement about your belief and loyalty to me, then behave like a Christian. Don't do things in secret that you wouldn't do in my presence. Let people know by your actions that you're one of mine. And don't forget, I'm God and I can take care of myself. Just love me and do what I told you to do. I'll take care of the rest. Check out the list above and get to work. Time short. I'll help you, but the ball is now in your court. And do have a most blessed Christmas with all of those that you love. And, and remember... I love you. Signed, Jesus. Stan and Ollie escalated a simple attempt at the sale of a Christmas tree 
into a horribly insane and destructive conflict. But Christ wants us to do exactly the opposite of that. For you see, Christ wants us to escalate the peace and the love of Christmas until it leads to a whole world of tranquility for all of God's creation. So here's the challenge of the day. Will you do your part? Will you live your life right now, right here, as if the peaceable kingdom was already a reality worldwide? What will you do during this season and all year long to bring about peace on earth and goodwill to all mankind? Amen. We're going to sing a hymn and give you an opportunity to respond. We'll sing, O God of love, O King of peace. And you have the opportunity to respond as we sing this. I'll be standing here at the front. I'll be ready to take your hand and to greet you and to hear the response that you have to the prompting of God's Holy Spirit in your heart. There may be someone here today who needs to make a commitment to Jesus Christ. There may be someone for whom your life is anything but peaceful today. But I'm here to tell you that with a relationship with Jesus Christ, you can have peace. Jesus told his disciples, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives. Not the way the world gives. But my peace. It is a peace of, of mind, a peace of spirit. And it is a life that lives peacefully with others. If you like that kind of life and you don't have that kind of life, we invite you to make that commitment to Christ today. Maybe you're looking for a church home to be a part of. We invite you to unite with our church today. Or maybe you just need a time of prayer. Something to, to get some peace in your mind and your heart. We invite you to come and pray. If God's dealing in your heart in any way, we invite you as we sing, O God of love, O King of peace, would you come?
Oh God, through the darkness, we look for your wisdom. And we want our hearts to be open to you. But sometimes in these days, it seems that, that so many things come between us. Help us to always be awake and aware of the radiance that you bring into our lives. Help us to be grateful each day for the blessings of of family and friends. Help us to be peacemakers in, in our own lives and in the world. And let us pray, especially for this difficult world and for those who are so in need of an end to violence. Our heart begs for this, O God. And we look for that day to come when there would be no war anymore, but the peace that you bring. May the Lord bless us and protect us from all evil and bring us everlasting life.